32 counties. United by people. My name is Una. And my name is Andrea. And this is United, United Ireland. Ireland. Every week on United Ireland, we go under the hood of issues in Ireland beyond the headlines, bringing you smart people who know what they're talking about. Um, but before we do that, it's time for our weekly Give us some money, give us some money. Please support our Patreon. Uh, for three, a mere three euros a month, you can sign up to pay for these episodes, plus the byline, plus Sunday Suits, plus 32 questions, plus the knowledge that you are supporting um, us making this. And if you're enjoying listening, that's only fair. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash United Ireland, it's just three euro or from three euro a month that you can lend your support. We'd really appreciate it. And thank you so much to everyone who's already doing so. On this week's podcast, how do you build your own gaff? Oh, God. Under duress, I'll tell you that. (laughs) We're taking a delve into the growing self-build movement in Ireland Uh, whether this is a decent alternative to the shit show that uh, housing is in in this country, how you can learn how uh, building skills and transform them into a room of your own. But first, it's the state of the nation. Andrea. What's going on? Um, top of our list, uh, Prince Andrew, who has said he has a lot of innocence on his side, has agreed a million dollar deal to pay off uh, his uh, accuser. Um, it was revealed last night that the Queen is going to pay a very high percentage of that cost, which in terms means the taxpayers of the UK will be paying for Prince Andrew's things that he didn't or did do, which is bananas. What a bunch of, like, I don't know what. So rotten, isn't it? It's like, I'm doing this a lot this week where I'm literally just like taking a deep breath and being like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we know. And now we know what the Queen is happy to defend as well. No surprises there. Well, apparently she doesn't want to ruin her golden jubilee or uh, some other jubilee or something. Platinum, 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 uh, platinum Teflon jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because that's what important, important. It's really important to celebrate the made up um, semi-precious metal uh, number of years that you've been wandering around a palace calling people subjects. So well done to the royal family. Knocking it out of the park as per usual. Mm. Um, another interesting knocking of the park uh, that, it, like, it's quite hard to get your head. Well, maybe it's not that hard to get your head around it. Um, so, the planning regulator has stepped in and told Dublin City Council to remove restrictions on build to rent construction in its development plan. So, Dublin City Council have come together, they're all like, this is in bits, build to rent is in bits. It's taken over the city. Nobody can get gas. Um, they're all for profit. They're literally everywhere. The same that happened to student commons, co-living. So let's put it in our development plan that the people of the city don't want this anymore. And then the planning regulator steps in and goes, actually, it's not against legislation or ministerial guidelines. Um, so you can't have it in your development plan. 
Um, and the more this kind of comes up, and especially after watching uh, that interview with Al Keegan, it, it's kind of becoming more and more evident that the Dublin development plan means shit all, apparently, because on board Planola keeps stepping in and shitting all over it. And then all these ministerial things that were done um, by previous ministers are then being used against us. So you, you can kind of see the frustration that I had for so long was against councillors not having any power. But then it seems like the executive don't even have power because all the power is being forced in and they're not even getting to do anything they want to do. Yeah, I mean, it's always what will happen is the national guidelines and the ministerial orders and, and what came out of those things supersede any local, which Dublin would be, uh, instructions or aspirations um, and that's like you know it's, it's it's why people like me when Owen Murphy was minister kept talking about how destructive what um, what he was doing in particular and obviously Coveney before him but what the various things that, that these ministers were doing and making these ministerial orders and just like jimmying around with stuff in the moment and not appreciating or not caring or you know, just not being smart enough maybe to understand the consequences of their actions. So we are living in um, the city that Murphy and Coveney um, built uh, and, 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 and wrecked in some ways. Um, and, and that is a huge issue that there needs to be real, real kind of broad uh, picture of all of those um, guidelines that were brought in around housing standards. I mean, Alan Kelly would have done housing standards stuff as well and uh, built around and SUZs and SHZs and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, the council and, a, uh, and people can have um, all the plans they want, but uh, if the national stuff uh, supersedes that, then it's irrelevant to see the same stuff in, in the more, you know, in, in the kind of uh, councils like Dunleary and stuff like that, when they're being like, no, you can't build this high. The developer will say, well, actually we can because that's allowed for in the national regulations. So yeah, Owen Murphy got to walk away um, and we're we're living in in uh, the mess that he and Finnegal have created. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's a deep breath again. <laughs> um, speaking I of- hope you're all enjoying this guided meditation today. <laughs> I feel like I'm tapping my inner or my third eye a lot today. <laughs> um, Mask wearing is due to become optional over the next few weeks, which is absolutely bananas, given that we still have so much of the population not vaccinated, being children. Um, so I am intrigued to know where that's coming from and why you would bother like taking away something so small and incidental that doesn't really affect your life and you can just continue to do it and under not really much impact on your life um, and the effects that that can have. I suppose on so many people, but mm. I'm kind of like in between on this because <clears throat> obviously, like you're saying, Andrea, like it is such a, it is a small ask, like on transport and retail and stuff like that. And obviously for people who are immunocompromised or vulnerable in different ways, you know, you want like, you want to protect everyone. Do you know what I mean? Everybody wants to protect everyone. Yes. And at the same time, you know, there is a psychological I know it's a small thing, but I I feel myself, you know, there is psychological wear and um, visible, you know, uh, 
it's kind of like a flag about all of, of the, the pandemic and all of the stuff that we've gone through. So like in a selfish way, because obviously I don't like masks. Who does? Who likes wearing them? I'm like, oh, it would just be amazing if everything's gone. But then obviously that's totally like selfish and trivial compared to the broader thing. So I'm kind of in between on that. I know that's probably not very, you know, smart and caring and things, but I am but a flawed human. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, Ukraine and Russia trundles on. Um, apparently Russia have taken troops out, but they've put in troops back. The hospitals are still there. Could be a case of it being a, a surprise attack now. Um, NATO are saying that it is very much not um, over. Um, even though the narrative seems to be like, oh, well, it's it's all cool. Oh, everyone's tr- maybe trying to keep the temperature low. It's, it's actually not going to happen. And it's just so devastating. Uh, a side, int- an interesting side uh, story about this is that uh, surrogacy babies that have been born for Irish families in Ukraine are being rushed back to Ireland ahead of schedule. And that kind of opens up a bigger question about surrogacy um, because there was a Northern Irish couple who had the first full surrogacy completed within Northern Ireland at the weekend. Um, that's a really sidestep from a, a Russian invasion of Ukraine that I've gone on there. But here we go. That's what's going on. There's a good piece in Time called, good article called, I think it's called The Untold Story of the Russian Crisis. And it focuses on the relationship between Putin and Viktor Medvedchuk, I think his name is. That's really interesting about the kind of backstory of what's happening now. I'd recommend that. Is it depressing? No, no, it's just interesting. It's just like all of this other personal politics going on in the background. See, that's how- really depressing to me that there's that some personal politics could lead to the invasion of a country and people's lives and livelihoods and homes and destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> gross, obviously. <laughs> Cool. Glad we're alive on that. Uh, and then finally, in the state of the nation, there was a very interesting Claire Byrne. When is there ever not really? It's the most bananas program ever. Um, on Monday, where they were like, did a, an episode on uh, Sinn Fein maybe getting into power. And in advance, there was a lot of Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, hullabaloo about how outraged they were. When are they getting their episode of when of why they might be in power? <laughs> oh God. Um, and then afterwards, there was a lot of pushback, I suppose, about the type of program that was uh, put out in terms of um, basically why they shouldn't get into pair um, versus and then a few people talking about issues that Tony Groves from Tortoise Shack did had a, a monologue of uh, very interesting points of fact checks that were just, that just are never called out on programs like that. So literally like, you're, that's actually not true. What you're saying about making jobs, that's actually not true. But what you're saying about building houses and blah, 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 blah. So worth the watch back in the player. Um, yeah, also like the absolute state of RTE ha- and uh, having Eddie Hobbs on about anything like yeah. You know, a guy who's just like gone off the reservation on social media who had various schemes for people to make money uh, during the Celtic Tiger and so on. Um, 
I just think it's it's like, what does this person have to add to the conversation? Absolutely nothing. Very poor editorial choice. Uh, exactly what the program always has. Clickbait and click-throughs. Some stuff is really good on Claire Byrne, but that was a shocking decision. Um, but now, speaking of, uh, do you want to buy a house in Cape Verde? No, it's not Eddie Hobbs. Uh, we're going to be talking about the building houses yourself with your own hands, like you're Claire Dunn in that film. Um, what film? Also called Herself. Uh, that film. Um, so do you think you could build your own gaff? How would you do that? How would you learn how to do that? Stay tuned because we're rolling our sleeves up. As the housing crisis bulldozes people's options for living and the rent trap means people can't save and the price of houses prevents so many people from even being able to access a mortgage, people are looking at different options for basic shelter given the dysfunction in this country right now, which is very much not normal as we know. Bubbling up alongside all of this is the flight of the dubs with people leaving the Irish capital to find a rural bolt hole that doesn't cost fortune and offers more space and a different pace of life, particularly when remote working has revolutionised the working week. What about building your own gaff? The self-build movement is growing in Ireland. Um, A key figure in that movement is a guy called Harrison Gardner, who teaches people how to self-build sustainably. And now he, alongside Fionn Kidney and Aaron McClure, have founded a self-build school called Common Knowledge. If you've ever been wondering about what it takes to build your own gaff or want to learn skills to build or use loads of other things, maybe this is for you. So to discuss this, Fionn Kidney is here. Hello, Fionn. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Um, first of all, how did you get involved in the whole self-build buzz? So I was living on Inish Turk, actually, a little island in the West last year for most of the lockdown, uh, where most people incidentally are self-builders out of necessity, um, because that's just what you do when you're on a small island and you need to build a house. Um, I'd been working remotely there in a job and I, I finished up on it just as lo- lockdown ended. And I'd given myself about six months to figure out what was next. what was next. So I came back to the mainland and the first thing I did was I signed up for a course with Harrison Gardner, which was the build everything out of anything course. Um, and really for me, it was a question of seeing if I could build something myself, but also I really wanted to get away from my laptop. Um, so I went uh, to the course, which is five days long. Uh, it was gorgeous at the time, middle of June. Um, and at the beginning, Harrison just stated this intent that the point of the course was to give us the confidence to build something ourselves. Um, and, you know, over the course of that five days, what I experienced was not just all the skills and the basics of construction, uh, but also just the joy and the freedom and the camaraderie uh, of doing this kind of thing together, you know, using these type of skills together. And uh, over the course of those five days, we also built a packing shed uh, from Green Gloss uh, Organic Farm there in Westmeath. Um, so that really was my kind of first introduction to this uh, to this movement. And then, how did common knowledge then come into being? So, like, like you've you've built this thing, and now you've got this amazing product called Common Knowledge. And what is it about? What is its philosophy? What is it hoping to achieve? What is it? Well, um, let me tell you, <laughs> to be honest, it kind of started out around the campfire on that same course. Um, 
And I was sitting speaking with Harrison and Owen Loss, a wonderful guy, educator and an artist from New York. And we were chatting about the potential of these types of skills, not just to help people find an alternative approach to secure housing, but also to have a kind of sense of agency in, in doing something around the climate crisis or integrating, you know, their values into, into how they live. Um, but also, you know, we were talking about, you know, how practicing these skills brings you closer to other people. It gets you reconnected to the physical world and it helps you connect both with each other and also with yourself as well. Um, and since then, or I guess it kind of uh, snowballed from there, really. And since then, we've set up this nonprofit social enterprise, Common Knowledge, as you mentioned. Um, and we've got this amazing group of people around us, uh, myself and Harrison uh, as the co-founder, uh, with Aaron as co-founders. Uh, and then there's at least a couple of other people who've been on this podcast before, Monko McGon and uh, Sarah Gilligan are also involved. Um, and we've had great support from, from Rethink Ireland, the Community Foundation Ireland, in getting started. Uh, but the philosophy essentially is that we have much of what we need in terms of the skills and the resources and the community for a sustainable life. Uh, and our mission really is to empower people with the skills, uh, resources and community to, to have the sustainable life, but ultimately really to give them the confidence and the self-belief and the sense of agency uh, that they have everything they need to create a life that's sustainable and even, dare I say, abundant and um, so, you know, we're doing this through, I guess, three initial ways. The first thing is we're, we've got these hands-on learning courses that have just gone live uh, around themes like building and furniture making and growing and foraging. Uh, and we'll be expanding those courses in the coming weeks. Um, and they'll be highly inclusive. You know, we're all, we've all got a background in kind of hospitality and events. So there'll be lots of fun uh, as well as being kind of nice food and that kind of thing, uh, healthy, nourishing meals between, uh, the, you know, building in the morning or learning in the morning and building in the afternoon. We've also got a series of community projects that we're working on. So uh, last week we announced as well the Rekindle Festival. So it's a festival of lost skills, um, which we've got some funding from Community Foundation Ireland to work with older people. Uh, and we really think this is something that's missing. You know, there's really this missing piece between passing on practical skills uh, that our generation anyway have encountered. Uh, so we want to bring some of those people um, together to talk about this, the, I guess, the common knowledge that they have uh, that they can share with us. Um, and the other thing we're going to be doing is, is R&D of sustainable products and services. You know, as a social enterprise, um, we want to look at what are the waste materials that exist? What are the missed opportunities that we have to do things more sustainably? Um, so, for example, things like sheep's wool is a great example of something that's seen really as a byproduct of the meat industry these days. But initially, the meat was the byproduct. Uh, and sheep's wool is hugely insulate, in, insulating uh, and it just needs to be processed to be able to use in buildings. So we're looking at, for example, is could we create some kind of decentralized sheep's wool processing uh, network in Ireland, you know, to create this instead of using kind of spun insulation, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, all of the above, our courses and our community projects and our R&D, we'll, we'll be doing in a very inclusive way. It's uh, We've seen so far the courses that we've run about 55% of the people coming to them are identifying as female uh, and about 15% identifying as queer. And, you know, I'm personally, you know, really uh, enthusiastic about bringing um, people down who wouldn't necessarily be the people who would have imagined themselves on a building site or building their own house or learning these skills. Uh, so I really encourage anybody who's listening, who's, who's felt this is not necessarily something that's for me. It's for everybody. And if you don't think you can build, everybody can. Uh, so, so come down and join the course. It seems like a very uh, 
timely given the big huge conversation that's happening now about derelict Ireland and all the dereliction and the grants that are being given um, towards repurposing housing to be that if you did have these skills that would really be help towards that kind of movement definitely and you know I think it's it's almost a kind of this mystifying process you know construction we're, we're not actually brought in on what it involves and when it's broken down into kind of a few easy pieces it's much easier to imagine you know, for example, buying a derelict cottage and doing it up um, or, you know, thinking about, uh, oh, I could build my own tiny home. You know, this is another um, something we'll be looking at this summer in our courses is uh, the idea that if you have access to land or um, if you have a small piece of land anywhere in the country, you can actually build yourself a home uh, for for about 15 grand. Um, so, you know, the basic demystification of these skills, whether you're refurbishing a stone cottage or you're, you're finding another way to build um, is kind of what we're focused on. And we hope people will take away. A lot of people um, around the country, you know, dubs, not so much, or people in cities, not so much, will be very familiar with, with self-building, you know, like uh, having, a, having a site and building a house. And, you know, there's plenty of one-off housing around the country to kind of to demonstrate that and also, you know, obviously we've seen in, in Donegal and um, uh, parts of Mayo and so on, the difficulty that you people encounter when, when building material standards aren't up to scratch and you end up with something like the, um, the mic crisis and stuff like that. But like this self-building movement kind of philosophically seems quite different, right? Because it's not, it's a, it's like, it is rooted in sustainability and using uh, material that people may not think, oh, that's what you use to build a house. Is is that is that right? Like it's it feels like a a different kind of generational break from what Ireland would have known as the self build movement, which was really kind of the bungalow movement, I suppose, in the mid twentieth uh, century. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're seeing this. People have different takes on it, you know. I mean, we're definitely not trying to encourage, you know, somebody who who would prefer to use a professional tradesperson to or contractor to use their house to build their house to to build it themselves. They don't feel confident doing so. But there's definitely an energy that's there, and it's really it's really bristling. Like in the last two weeks since we started talking more publicly about this project, the the emails we're getting and the tweets, you know, it's there's something that's connecting here to people's sense of. Um, you know, taking things on themselves, reconnecting, getting away from the screens. And actually that's kind of, I guess, linking up with our heritage of, yes, the bungalow bliss or the, you know, the self-build project. Um, so I guess people are just having a little bit more confidence and will to take on stuff themselves. You know, for us, the philosophy is that, you know, you should be able to, you know, anybody can really go and, and create something with what they already have access to. Um, and, and build something for themselves. Super empowering, like when you think about it, because it's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to get out of this crazy cycle that has been imposed. But tell me about the tell me about the tiny houses thing, because people may have watched that Netflix documentary on tiny houses. But is that the, it's a similar thing. It's like House on Wheels, right? House on Wheels. And so uh, this year, because at the moment, I guess our courses are going to be in Ennis and um, and whilst in the past our courses have built on-site, so we've built, for example, the project in Green Glass that I mentioned. We also built a new uh, headquarters building for Home Tree, 
um, the charity in uh, Clare. But this year, because we're going to have about 500 students coming through the school, we want to make sure that everybody's getting an opportunity to build something. So we, we've designed a tiny home um, that we think is kind of bringing together the best of all the thinking around tiny homes at the moment. And everybody's going to get a chance to work on uh, on building these. Um, you know, there's there, there's small footprint. Um, they are uh, there's something that you can have on a land on a piece of land um, without necessarily having planning permission. Um, and because they're kind of self-contained, um, they're just they're just more affordable um, to create. Uh, I think you can buy them on the market now for for kind of starting around thirty thousand euro. Um, but there's plenty of examples online of people building them for less, like for 15,000 euro and, and kind of their YouTube guide to how to do it. So it is super empowering as, a, as, a, as an alternative approach to, to just getting out of the rental market. Because I think that's one of the big things that really becomes a blocker for people. Like, how are you supposed to save for a mortgage or for your own home if you're paying, you know, 800, 1,000, 1,500 euros a month uh, in rent? So you know, hopefully tiny homes become something that could be an option for people who are looking just to, you know, to redirect that rent into something that they own themselves. As a kind of stopgap maybe to to a different kind of way of living. Yeah, exactly. What do you see the potential of these courses and how do you see this movement growing in Ireland? You know, I think there's a real sense of a return to metal you know at this kind of sense of like collaborating with each other and uh i guess to mention in Sturk again i was walking down the road there at some stage around this time last year it was cold and it was you know it was windy a windy time uh, but i was on one of my walks around the island and i came across a father and his son and they were repairing a uh, a wall which had blown over this wall might have been built 100 200 years ago and i stopped chatting away to them i, I, I knew them and um i kind of said listen do you need a hand uh, you know, obviously with all of the um, disclaimers that I have no, would have no idea what I'm doing, but if you need a hand. And they were just chatting to me about how on the island there used to be this culture of metal and how everybody would work on stuff together and how they just noticed that it's very rare. They would have said before when somebody drove past it, they saw you were fixing something, they'd stop and they'd help. And now it's slightly different. And I just thought about what has changed? What has changed in our culture that we don't do that anymore? And I think it is something to do with, um, you know, living through this age of huge technological advancement. And at the same time, we've become so dependent on the market to fulfill our every need, you know. And to some extent, we've forgotten just to connect with each other, just to connect with our environment and the world around us and connect with with, with ourselves. Uh, And I think this movement taps into all of that. And especially post-COVID, you know, as people are beginning to consider what does a sustainable or even abundant life look like for me? Um, I think that this sense of taking your on your own projects, looking at alternative routes to affordable housing, if you can't afford to buy in the city um, or you just want to connect more with nature, or get out of the city um, is, you know, it's tapping into that, that sense of reconnection with each other uh, and with these skills. Will you be launching common knowledge on the metaverse? Uh, this is like I, I guess this is like uh this is this is the opposite to the metaverse this is very much hands on you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have your hands dirty you're gonna smell the muck you're gonna be walking on moss you know you're gonna be using power tools so so yes no is the answer definitely not <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're you're in Anastymon, beautiful Anastymon in Clare. Tell me um, or tell everyone the details of the courses. Where do people find you? Where do they sign up? And how much does it cost? 
Sure. So um, we are, like you say, in beautiful Lens Timon um, in County Clare. The, the, the course I'd recommend everybody to take a look at first is our build school. So that's a five day course where you'll learn the, all the basics of building. And as Harrison says, you know, we'll leave feeling confident you can build something yourself. Um, anything from uh, learning about structure to learning about roofing, insulation, finishes and energy uh, and you'll actually get a chance not only to learn about that in a kind of a field classroom in the morning, but also go and get to practice them in the afternoon on, on creating tiny homes. Um, then there, we also have a course on sheep's wool, like I mentioned, um, you know, it's something we're really interested in because we think it's such a, an abundant uh, material that's just kind of not really taken advantage of in Ireland. So we'll have a weekend where we're exploring the ways we can use this kind of very versatile and sustainable material, uh, whether it's in textiles or building materials, as I mentioned um, we have the wonderful Kean Corcoran from Design Goat working with us on a furniture design workshop where you get to design and craft your own wooden stool and even take it away. Um, so that should be lots of fun. Uh, and Catherine Cleary and the team at Pocket Forest doing an apple grafting and composting workshop where you'll get to learn the proper way to compost. Because I don't know about you guys, but you know I definitely uh, always think I'm creating compost, but actually there's a little bit more involved than just chucking things in the brown bin. Um, so uh, that should be an interesting one as well. The final one, and I think Andrea, if you go to the Bake Bakehouse website, uh, we're partnering with Bakehouse and uh, on build your own clay oven. And I noticed something there that I think might appeal to you on their website, which is a disco ball uh, pizza oven. Oh my gosh! So, um, this workshop will teach people how to make an oven from a pile of clay, essentially. Whether you want to create a pizza or bake your bread, or whatever you want to do, um, so that should be a really fun one as well. Uh, and you can check us out online on our website at ourcommonknowledge.org. Um, we've also launched an access program last week. So we're looking for anybody who feels like they haven't had access to the types of skills we're offering in the building courses um, to apply uh, until the end of March. Uh, and they'll get full, uh, I guess, bursary of the cost of the course. Uh, we'll provide camping for them. We'll feed them every day. Um, uh, and just really take care of anybody uh, who, who comes on. And there'll be one per, one place on every course for our build school courses for people um, who apply there. So, so really would love if you could spread the word about that as well. Um, also follow us, of course, on Instagram and on Twitter and tell all of your friends and let's, let's build stuff together. Nice one, Fionn. It's really inspiring. It's good to have some um, ideas and solutions and practical stuff uh, dropping in and... Um, yeah, to reclaim all, all, all of those skills and, and empower people. Fair play. That's ourcommonknowledge.com. They're in Ennis Diamond. Their courses are live now. So if you want to build a tiny home or a disco ball pizza oven, that's the one for you. <laughs> Thanks, Andrea. Thanks, Una. Thank you. Bye. And now it's time for Get in the Sea. What's getting in the sea, Andrea? Well, this week, getting in the sea, um, a Dunleary homeowner has been told to remove uh, street artist Sullis' two ballerinas from their house. Um, it was a street art piece on their own property, and they were told to remove it as they didn't have uh, permission um, on their own house, and um, that there were a lot of, com- not complaints, submissions against it. Um, now, the submissions against it were not by the public, they were by... Uh, enforcement officers of planning um, rather than uh, the general public who apparently um, anecdotally really enjoyed the art um, according to the homeowner. 
Um, so the thing that's very confusing, not very confusing about this, but like frustrating, I would suppose, is that um, up the road, um, street artists have turned Dunleary into an open air gallery. So street artists, this is from Morty Philip Bromwell's article, street artists have been putting the finishing touches to a series of large murals in Dunleary in Dublin. Um, the Dunleary on Show project has been funded by Dunleary Ratdown County Council with the assistance of Creative Ireland. So it really just is a bit frustrating of like somebody's own property that they're decorating however they want to being penalised for something that is being funded down the road. It just is a bit bananas and a bit little bit get in the scene, a bit disconnected and not joined up. Um, but also another thing I would like to get in the sea, even though it is entertaining and even though it provided a lot of my WhatsApp groups of content last night, um, it is absolutely depressing that this is where money and time and energy is being put into trying to make people follow Fianna Fáil ministers on Instagram rather than getting like it feels like they're being told how to be cool and connect whereas all people want is the problems of where to live how to afford to eat solved get but however uh Fianna Fáil last night launched a Twitter campaign of stay up to date with the Fianna Fáil minstas on Insta and FOMO no mo oh Jesus Christ Actually, when I when you sent it to me, I I like I had to multi-check that it was from the actual Finifall, like a real thing. It's so embarrassing, isn't it? I always think with these things that they do, it's not that like everybody demands that their political party be, you know, amazing on the socials, but it's like if you cannot, if you are so disconnected, if you're making something so scarlet, if this is so embarrassing, if if that if people just thought, yeah, that's okay, put that out, apart from how trivial and superficial and all that kind of stuff it is, like, how can you actually be expected to be good at other things? I'm not saying that like in order to run a country you need to be able to tweet, but like it's so just wild. But also there's like another thing of like, and there's always this, uh, I always have an alternative of like, maybe they're doing it to just get reach on Twitter because they'll know they'll be quote tweeted a lot and that they'll get loads of like share ability and that it will be a well-performing tweet or whatever. But it just can't be the strategy because you can't no. aim for bad just to get notoriety. Or no, that's, uh, they're just... Now they're just that weird and separate from how regular people interact normally. Also, and the apostrophe on Minstas is wrong. Obviously, it's not even a real world, real word, but... And also, if you're going to make a video drawing people to Instagram on Twitter, at least put their... Put their fucking handles, handles in it! handles in! <laughs> But you know what's funny because I think they're obviously like freaking out about, you know, constantly freaking out about how Sinn Féin's reach on social media. But in actual fact, and this is key, right? The vast majority of Sinn Féin's online video content is actually recordings of them in the doll talking about issues. Now, 
uh, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil will of course say that they posture in the Dáil and use it as an opportunity for um, online content to actually emerge from parliamentary debates and leaders' questions and so on. But regardless, what they're putting out is actually, here's us talking about the issues that you care about. Here's us addressing the things that you're coming to us uh, that you want to be addressed. Here's us pulling Micheál Martin or Leah Vracker or Stephen Donnelly or Dara O'Brien or whoever else is not doing a very good job up on, the, on their issues. They're not out here doing fucking Brooklyn Nine-Nine bullshit. It's like, you know... What like David Cullinan is in, you know, euphoria or something like it's just like just fucking stop. And and it really speaks to broader incompetence, broader disconnection, broader lack of understanding and being so outside of the culture of normal communication. It's it's just like it's really great example of how, and there's a great essay to be written about this of how Fianna Fáil became the other, you know how they were so central to kind of the Irish id and all that kind of stuff and now they're just like everyone's just like weirdos. <laughs> it's true. It's fucking harsh, but it's true. <laughs> oh gosh. This this requirement to disconnect in the fucking metaverse <laughs> is just turning everyone bananas. Get off the fucking internet. Um, okay, so now it's time to go bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Two things this week. Firstly, I'm tapping my third eye again. <laughs> um, Galway County councillors voted to keep a car park instead of a cycling, a, a trial cycling. Fair play, lads. Great to work. Um, hey. And also, Galway's the place where they're building that big ring road, isn't it? The great solution for uh, sustainability or climate crisis um, and gridlock is to add more cars. Yeah. Build more roads, add more cars. Solution, we got it. <laughs> Correct. So uh, go, it's going well. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! What else is bananas this week? I mean, I really do think we need to change the Ireland flag to just a, a gif of you tapping your third eye <laughs> because that's really where we're at right now. It's uh, like, don't go insane. Don't start shouting at people on the street. Don't you know, burn everything down on Twitter. Everything's going to be fine. I actually had to send someone a message the other day again. Um, I actually couldn't engage in that because I will turn into your man, Michael, from falling down and just shoot everyone. <laughs> um, I, think it was, I think it was talking about getting into politics. I was like, you mental. <laughs> 19 uh, people have died today on Kildare Street following a rabbit attack by newly elected TD, Andre Horan of... <laughs> The Sesh Democrats. <laughs> the party party. The party party. Okay, anyway, go on. What else is bananas? Um, so, like, I can't even say this out loud. It's so... So, the Blarney Castle, world famous, big tourism thing, has had to bring a high court challenge against da-da-da on board Panola. I like. I think I really want to do an episode on just them and what is going on. Maybe we'll get some on ABP people on. Yeah, 
Um, so anyway, they've made a decision to, gla- to grant planning permission for, now you'll never guess what it's for. <laughs> you'll never guess. Is it for a hotel? It's for a hotel. <laughs> and a supermarket, a convenience store, um, on a site 200 meters away. So we could have a gorge, nothing against Little or Aldi, gorge Little or Aldi right beside the Blarney Castle. No more postcards from Ireland for for us, plus a hotel. Hopefully it's like uh, just a red brick one with grey square <laughs> rectangles. Inset, inset windows. And then insert logo of hotel that would like this uh, pre-built thing. There you go. Uh, when what will it Ireland? end? What, what is Ireland? like? When will it end? It's, anyway, it's fucking bananas that it... Has it come to this? <laughs> yes. Um, I think that's could, a perfect illustration of what is happening. Like, that we're literally erasing any sort. And like, the Blarney Castle, you can't even... Like, okay, whatever about clubs, loads of people didn't get it. Whatever about the cobblestone... Yeah, crap, trad, whatever. I'm not into it. Blarney Castle, like it has like universal appeal of why that would not want a hotel and a convenience supermarket beside it. Well, I think that <clears throat> it's a very good example of what I have been saying for approximately a decade, um, that it's not about what certain people are into. You know, we talk about this all the time. It's about the fact that it's about what people can kind of the fringe gets decimated, the underground gets decimated and it doesn't stop there. And just because people may not care about, you know, obviously I care a great deal about the cobblestone. If people don't care about like a little pub or a little club or the Tivoli or hangar or whatever, it's like, it will come for you as well. It will come for your Blarney Castles. You know, the crazy, ridiculous development, the ridiculous decisions by onboard Planola inspectors. Um, the demolition of cultural spaces and, you know, eventually like, you know, capitalism just eats itself then, you know, and it starts to actually damage the things that it's set out to elevate or people pretend, you know, oh, we need tourism and we need this, that, and the other. And then it's like, no, it's just rabbit land speculation that is totally unchecked. So yeah, that's where we are. Tap, tap that third eye there. Tap a tap a tap a. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Now it's time for our fave bits. So, first up, I went to Index. It's a club in Dublin, it's on the Keys. And it has had a makeover and it is just a great clubbing experience in Dublin. Deadly. Um, Who did you go see? I went to see Champagne. Oh, excellent. Yeah, fun. Yeah, it was VG. Um, I was meant to go to Ejeka the next night, but couldn't make it. Um, <laughs> however, I sat there, Andrea. Well, I actually got some other, um, but uh, yeah, it's absolutely, it's a really well thought out space and the problem with index before was that the toilets were really awkward it was hard to get a drink it was a bit whatever now it is its purpose has come to fruition it is a great clubbing experience and uh if you like it's primarily techno 
uh, lineups, but it is VG. I would highly recommend a visit. Cool. And like, I hate doing this, but do it, I shall. Uh, it felt like being in Watergate, like the way that they have a real snazzy lighting area around the booth and all. And it, it really felt like being in a Berlin club, which makes me so joyous. Brillas. And not that we're trying to be Berlin, but like it's good to have a, a club that is built for clubbing. Of a standard. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. Um, another fave bit, there is a documentary called Sale We Must, uh, brought to you by the 10th Man Hello and Grizzly Directors. It's a documentary on the story of Andrew Weatherhall and his uh, meeting with a fisherman uh, where the Sale We Must story comes from. It is on Wednesday evening in the Sugar Club. Um, I think there's a couple of tickets left for it, but if you can't manage to get to it, it comes out on Mix Mag on Thursday 17th. So I'm very much excited to watch that. In the in the Sugar Club, they have Billy Scurry uh, playing an Andrew Weatherall set and Johnny Moy talking about um, Andrew Weatherall and all those lovely kind of things. So it's a, it's a lovely little project um, and I am very interested in it. And then finally, my last fave bit, um, I am obsessed with Duncan Stewart at the moment and Eco Eye. They are making absolutely stunning programs and very, uh, like, I just love the way Duncan Stewart is very amenable and the way he interviews people and asks the questions without being aggressive, but, like, hold, like, he was asking, um, Loads. The episode last night that I watched was on Derelict Ireland and they went through a couple of towns and looked at the differences between uh, the homes that are on the uh, vacant lists that are uh, officially with the council versus the ones you can see are very clearly derelict and how this is not being um, attended to and how the like there was a stat in the program that if 10% of the houses that are derelict were uh, made over. This was uh, the Peter McFerry Trust that they could end homelessness. So it just shows you the power that's in this dereliction and the fact that it's being mismanaged and uh, not handled properly, that there is such potential for um, providing affordable housing and the sustainability issue is is dealt with. Um, But it really does paint the show is made very well. It paints a very clear picture and it has people from, from all walks. So people from County Councils, people who've started the uh, hashtag derelict Ireland hashtag, which was a niche agency. Um, so yeah, ve- like I would encourage you. They did a great one on Tens as well. Really like series link, Eco Eye of Irie. Daddy Buzz. Um, my fave bits, uh, I watched an amazing um, a couple of amazing documentaries over the past week or so. Uh, as you know, Andrea, I was in a little in a little riding hole in uh, Clare. Um, and the Mo- Monopoly of Violence is a fascinating documentary about state violence, and it's told through the lens of the police violence against the Gilets Jaunes in Paris, in particular. 
Uh, it's on Mubi if you want to check it out. I don't know if you can kind of rent it from from other streamers or platforms or whatever. It's really, really great. It kind of is this philosophical discussion about people's experiences of police violence. Um, uh, the Marion Stokes Project is another doc on Mubi and that's a documentary about this woman who recorded she's amazing kind of intellectual uh, american woman uh and she recorded every single american tv news broadcast for 30 years to demonstrate to people how media narratives are formed and she kind of starts off with the iran hostage crisis um and goes on from there and it's just a really excellent kind of it's such a mad mad and amazing thing to do um and a brilliant thing to do and the doc kind of talks about you know the us tv media and all that kind of stuff which obviously as we know is completely in bits and my other fave bits album i'm obsessed with at the moment uh is by an artist called cassandra jenkins and the album is called an overview on phenomenal nature and it's this very like chill, meditative, really interesting album. There's a song on there called Hard Drive, which I think is absolutely brill. So if you're looking for some calm vibes after listening to some of this podcast, not the inspiring build your own gaff part, but obviously the place has fallen down. But that's one to check out. Hard Drive is the song and the album An Overview on Phenomenal Nature by Cassandra Jenkins. I went to have a glass of wine in Note in Dublin City on Sunday and it was very nice. Uh, It is down on Fenian Street. They have a little bar snack that is focaccia with telegio fondue and it is a sizable bar snack and it is completely delicious and it is €4.50 and I think that's pretty good. Wow. Smother finished at the weekend. Fucking amazing. It was fantastic series. Uh, the second season. I really, really love Smother. Totally biased because um, my partner was uh, doing second unit directing on this series. Um, so well done to her and everybody who made the show. Um, and I just thought it was brill. Fucking Derlicker and some actor. Love, love, love. So if you haven't caught up in the second series of Smother, you can watch it on the RC player. Um, Also on screen, but in a different genre and medium. I watched the trailer for Kate Dolan's new film, You Are Not My Mother. And the trailer scared the shit out of me. So I cannot wait to see this film. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, it's You Are Not My Mother. It's by Kate Dolan, amazing director. Um, And uh, this is like uh, her her, uh, horror movie scary movie that's kind of getting everyone talking and it's getting a big buzz around the world and um i think it's out in in our i is it could be on in diff but it's out in our kind of main cinemas in in april i believe so check out the trailer it's so good shout out to the super bowl halftime show yes i stayed up stayed up to watch it live um because dr dre is one of my main pillars uh, of art in my life for my life and I just thought it was absolutely deadly I thought Mary J killed it I and you know it's so funny because I was kind of I had predicted myself that some of the tracks that were going to be done I was like okay obviously they're going to do California Love they're going to do 
uh, they're going to do Forgot About Dre. They're going to do, or Still Dre. They're going to do a new, obviously Kendrick's going to do all, uh, all Right. Like all that kind of stuff. Mary J is going to do No More Drama. Did not predict that Eminem was going to do Lose Yourself. Um, obviously it is his best song and least annoying song. And I just thought that was a great shout. So well done. Obviously Snoop is... <laughs> One of my, like Snoop Dogg is genuinely one of my heroes. I just think he's so brilliant musically, uh, just his personality, his style, his way of being, how like, how clear he is as an artist, as a thinker. I don't know if you've watched the documentary um, that he made, which was when he was making the kind of Snoop Lion stuff, like the more, the reggae stuff in Jamaica. He's just such a, um, Anytime he talks, I just find the way he talks about art and his clarity is really inspiring. I love Snoop. And I want his amazing tracks that he was wearing. Um, speaking of Kate Dolan, uh, Pillow Queens, who uh, Kate would have directed a lot of their music videos. They've got a new uh, track and, and video for Hearts and Minds. And it's such a gorgeous song. And this album that they have that's coming out is really beautiful. It's a real grower. It has a lot of depth um, and it's a massive development for them. And I'm super excited for the world to hear that and for them to go on their world world tour. And finally, Endgame is on in the gate. I'm going to see it tonight and I shall report back. Robbie Sheehan and Frankie Boyle and Gina Moxley are in it. So great cast there back in the theatre. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for Book of the Week. Book of the Week. Our book of the week this week. Um, I don't think I've mentioned this. I'm always saying this to you, Andre. Have I mentioned this before? I don't think I have. I'm looking you're asking someone who's such a great memory. Ash plus Salt is a new, it's it's kind of a cross between a, a memoir and a, you know, the story of, of um, a, a surviving sexual assault and how you can empower yourself and how you can learn from it um, and the various uh, emotional, therapeutic, and legal tools um, and rules that you 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 can and, ha- and have to navigate. Sometimes it's by Sarah Grace. Um, she is a remarkable woman. Uh, la- uh, I guess I mean, like, was it tw- the close to the start of um, last year where myself and Sarah uh, Grace brought her story to the public um, with an interview that we worked on together in the Irish Times. Um, about the sexual assault that she survived and her experience uh, during the court proceedings. And she has gone on to have um really amazing story in terms of influence um, with regards to meeting with the DPP and we- meeting with Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, and advocating for um, various aspects of the uh, trial part of um, sexual assault trials to to be more focused on on uh, vic- victims rights and and uh, obviously we have a shocking <clears throat> issue in this country as there is everywhere with the lack of convictions and even lack of cases being brought to trial so this is a really important book um very very proud of her very inspired by her it's called ash plus salt and it's by Sarah Grace um and it's out next month this podcast is produced by Andrew Mangan at Castro Media. Crystal Clear gave us his tuna chicken roll for our soundtrack and Sarah Fox did all of our design. And this week's tuna chicken roll, Fred again. 
admit it that it hurts you and it does I've been Una Malali and I've been Andrea Horan. this has been United Ireland and that was Build Your Own Gaff shout out to Claire Amen.